I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. When we had the answer, we answered. Uh, I challenged Tyus at halftime. You know, you can't play like this for and us win. And uh, he, he just stepped it up. Monster. He had a monster second half. Elijah got some looks. You know, he can shoot. He can make those. I think we can shoot the ball better from the three. We did in the second half. Uh, we end up eight for 20, 28. We're better than that. We can shoot the ball better than that. Um, I just told Jalen, I said, they're leaving you open for a reason. And, uh, you know, at the end, he had to take that three and hit every part of the backboard and rim that it could and, and fortunately uh, it stayed down. Tyus made a couple big plays there. He just took it over. He, he had a phenomenal second half uh, against a really good defensive team. Uh, I mean, he made a, he made some really, really tough shots, some really hard shots. I don't know what he shot in the second half, but uh, he was one for seven, I think, at halftime. So seven for seven for 11 that's pretty good uh but he was uh, spectacular i thought jalen did a good job frank got in foul trouble i thought jalen did a good job i thought frank was looking to go a little bit more i told him he's got this week he's got to really run really get get back and get in the lane he did get in the lane a couple times and that's he's got to do that he's not shooting it that well from the perimeter he's got to get in the lane Militia podcast with those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. All right, what's up, Cuse Nation? Thanks for tuning in to the Cuse Militia podcast with Sean and Joe. If you like it, please share it, and as always, subscribe if you would. And I apologize that we're late. Joe was snowed in. He was snowed yeah. into his cabin out in the woods, so <laughs> he could not. <laughs> he could not. Uh, do the show uh, last night like normal, but um, Syracuse pulled off an excellent comeback against Georgetown. How awesome was that to watch? It's the second year in a row this has happened in in similar fashion, and um, this year it was in regulation though, as said, uh, as opposed to last year in overtime, seventy-two to seventy-one is a tale of two halves. Once again, it was almost the identical game in, in yeah. kind of in retrospect um, scoring 22 points in the first half and 50 in the second that's insane and uh, we'll give you our ODU preview to come later this week probably Thursday they play Saturday uh, at Saturday so we will um, we'll come back later this week with that so today is Georgetown only but first uh, you like watching football 
You like playing fantasy sports? Adds a little bit of flair to the game, right? Well, think about this. Think about instead of sitting on the sidelines, you throw some money down. Whether you're an expert or a rookie, you should be betting at my bookie. Um, if you're the kind of guy or gal that likes to bet a little and win a lot, like numbers on roulette, you can create a big parlay. Pick three teams to win. If you hit all three, you could turn 100 bucks into 600 bucks. Boom, just like that. Uh, there's um, there's tons to bet on. We've been over this. NFL, yeah. NBA, college football, college basketball, um, NHL, custom props, eSports, uh, which is not a sport. I think we've determined that. Uh, <laughs> my, <laughs> my bookie is one that I know you'll be happy with all year. I recommend these guys because I trust them. I've used them. Uh, my bookie has been in business for years. They've got great online reviews. The mobile site is easy to use. And sign up this week, and my bookie will give you a 50% deposit bonus to jumpstart your bankroll. It's a great way to uh, bank even more money when you win. So uh, make sure you also follow them at BetMyBookie on Twitter. They'll personally respond to every mention in DM. Not to mention that they've given away more than $10,000 in free money to their followers this football season. Um, so, And you'll also be the first to know as soon as new odds or props are posted. Log on to MyBookie right now and use a promo code QS25 and get the 50% deposit bonus. That's promo code QS25. You play, you win, you get paid. MyBookie. All right. So, quickly. Um, after or before the, the Northeastern game, the delay, uh, we didn't know all the details on that medical emergency, but apparently, uh, yeah, we, what happened? We just want to give a, a little accused militia shout out. So, um, there was a, there was fans and everybody involved in this while, uh, the dome crew was on their way. Uh, firefighter Daryl traps, I think it's traps or taps. One or the other. Uh, uh, the, he happened to be at the game. He was close enough to jump uh, jump in and do uh, chest compressions and CPR. And Candace Nessler, who was a registered nurse, happened to be at the game, sitting a few rows in front of him, in front of the man that was having the medical emergency. She and Daryl performed CPR on this man, uh, who at the time when they got there, he didn't even have a pulse. So oh. they did their thing to kind of keep oxygen going into this man's brain. Uh, while dome staff, you know, made their way over to the man with a defibrillator, and mm-hmm. they literally shocked the man back to life. So, Whoa! So, yeah, the man wanted to, and his family wanted him to remain anonymous. He obviously suffered cardiac arrest, and when right. he left the dome, he was responsive and conscious, and uh, he was taken to Upstate University Hospital, and is either recovering still or or has probably since been home. But uh, what? Uh, what an amazing thing. Great story. Yeah, right? And you knew I mean, it was something serious because it delayed the game. So, and, uh, y- yeah. When you exactly. get in those situations, you know, you never, um, you never know who's going to be available to step in. And glad you get those, those outstanding citizens that had the, uh, yeah, the just, training to do that, you know? Just happened to be right there, you know, close <laughs> enough to make a difference. Right. And, um, you know, I guess there was no signs. The dude just stiffened up and kind of slouched. I guess he dropped his beer and everything, and that was that. But yeah. uh, thank God he's okay. And, yes. And, Glad it all worked out. Yeah. It's a, great, it's a great story. So we just wanted to give those, those, those fans a, a shout-out. QB Will Greer is going to skip the, the bowl game. Uh, this was speculated long before they even announced they were playing. So yeah. um, be, uh, playing Q's, I should say. And um, 
Uh, he's thrown for – I mean, he's excellent. He's a precision quarterback. He's awesome. Yeah. Uh, he's thrown for 3,864 yards and 37 touchdowns this season. And his uh, left tackle, uh, uh, Yadni – Yadni? Kajust. Kajust. Yeah, yeah needs Kajust. Names come here to die, Joe. Names, <laughs> come, <laughs> names come here to die. So both of them are going to skip the bowl game. and uh, I mean, I wouldn't. I don't really blame them, you know, when it comes down to it. We've had this conversation, and you have the fans that, you know, may or may not be upset about it as far as West Virginia fans and stuff. But, I mean, Kajust is – I think Kuiper's got him as like a top seven player. I mean, you're talking about possibly, you know, upwards of the first half of the of the first round. And Will Greer is going to be a top three to five NFL prospect. You know, you never know what's going to happen in the offseason. So um, Kajust announced first. And um, I don't think it's ever a speculation. I mean, if you play football up to a point like college, like this far going to the NFL, fear of of you know an actual team or anything like that is um i mean that's out the window at that point if you play at that level there's no fear to play against somebody you know it just comes down to there's a lot of money on the line and and any type of injury could happen to anybody you know so um and look at dungy last year with his foot i mean he tried to he slid when the coaches told him to stop going head first and trying to run people over and the first time he slides and listens to his coach he breaks his foot so you never know what's going to happen. So, um, and and you know, you can look at it in one way is okay. Your left tackle, your NFL left tackle is gone, and Syracuse leads the the country with. In depth, I think well, no, they're tenth in sacks in the country, um, and they have taken out some quarterbacks this year, last year. So, yeah, I mean, it's not it. it's not the best matchup, but again, it's not it has nothing to do with fear. Uh, they thought they got kind of um, what a bad. Like a bad bowl break, you know, the Iowa State got a better bowl than them, and they thought they were going to be playing a, a better team than Syracuse. And who knows? I mean, even if they were in that game, he might be sitting out too. So I don't think it's anything about being afraid. Um, if anything, you know, it gives West Virginia fans a reason to say something just in case we do something, you know. And then it opens it up for us because if we can't beat them without Greer or that uh, their best offensive, uh, probably NFL prospect right now, then um, – you know, we definitely wouldn't have beat him with those guys. So, right. Um, and uh, I would have liked to have seen him straight up, but I mean, you yeah. know, you don't hear people yeah. when McCaffrey was doing it and the Bosa's of the world. I mean, it's it's a new thing, and when you don't need to play in a, you know, um, the Senior Bowl or you don't need to play in another bowl to try to get extra um, eyes on you because you're pretty much kind of stated your. I mean. Everyone knew Christian McCaffrey was good. Everyone knows Will Greer is good. So he doesn't need to play a bowl to prove that. And all it can do is cost him millions of dollars. So, right. Smart yeah. move, smart move. Yeah, it sucks for the fans. I feel I would, yeah, it would suck for us if it was to, the shoe was on the other foot, but I understand it. So, you know. Right. Uh, well, we've had to deal with it with, you know, the basketball players. Sure. You know, the Malachi Richardsons, the Tyler Lydons of the yeah. world that, you know, so. Some people understand it, and some people just are bitter about it. So I'll never fault anybody for doing something for their future and their money. Yeah. So. Um, I This Georgetown recap is brought to us by J.P. Mulligans. Happy hour every Monday through Friday, 4 to 6. Trivia Tuesdays, every NFL game, every Sunday. And, of course, they've got every SU game there. Go there. Hang out with other Q's fans. Uh, enjoy the game. Oh, yeah. Get a frosty beverage and some wings. 
burger, some wings. whatever. Some bet wings. you it was wild they in got, that, they got great. that bar this past Saturday. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, I bet all the bars were, were popping. Uh, oh, yeah. If you see Nick, go ahead and see if he's got any uh, Q swag, and I'm sure he'll be happy to uh, to give you some. So yeah. that is that. Um Syracuse erased a 15-point deficit in the second half to disappoint the Mutts from Georgetown from a, for a second year in a row, 72-71 to 71 in front of 24,082 fans inside the Dome. It looked and sounded like more than that, but 24,000. Yeah. Normally, we'd be pushing around 30, I think, for Georgetown, but, uh, I mean, it's all good. Um, still a good crowd, and, and they were loud when they needed to be. Uh, the unsung hero in all of this, in my opinion, was Mark, who put himself in position to take a lowered shoulder from Mosley with Georgetown up up by one. Uh, that set up Tyus's shot. Mark only played 14 minutes, but he's the Dirty Deeds doer. He's he's Dirty Deeds Dolajai, all right? No, it's he, one play. Yeah, it's one play, but it's the one play that, that set up the shot for Tyus. And I'm not taking anything away from Tyus, but uh, Mark does a lot of things uh, that don't make this stat sheet, and so we give him the shout-out. Um, oh, I'll definitely give him the shout-out for one of probably the, the most timely play. But yeah, very timely, sure. Uh, but it happened, right? Are you here to change but history? Not the hero. The that unsung the hero. hero. The unsung hero. Yeah. Um, scored five Song points. Or in the, not. The scored five points in the first half and came up with twenty-one in the second. That was great. He was brilliant, taking it to the hole in the second half. And it's no surprise to me that that's how the gap was closed. Not by taking threes, uh, but uh, taking it to the hole. So. I mean, and that's how it goes. What Tyus have said. What changed for you guys from the first half to the second? I mean, we we were getting good looks. We were just missing shots. I mean, so uh, that wasn't going to last the whole game. So we just kept on doing what we did defensively, and we made shots, and the outcome was positive. You say defensively. That feels like maybe that changed it because you got out on some fast breaks there in the second half off turnovers. How much did that get you guys going with the energy early in the second oh, half? Oh, got it, it got us going. Uh, it, it changed the game, honestly. The momentum of the game. Uh, we were able to get out in transition to get some easy baskets, and that just got our whole game flowing. Coach told us he challenged you at halftime to get going. <laughs> yeah, he does. Uh, he does that from time to time. And uh, um, I mean, he's a great coach, Hall of Famer, and, um, and that's what you have to do sometimes. And uh, he woke me up. He woke him up. Hughes again yeah. is the safety valve following up the leading score with 15. He had some clutch shots closing that gap against the Hoyas. Brissett was one rebound away from his third double-double of the season with 12, po- 12, 12 points. Yeah, English, Sean. 12 points and nine rebounds. Chuku with eight points again, getting that consistency we all, we all want to see. Uh, yep. Jalen Carey's stat line on paper was a little mediocre, but his three points came with 2.35 to go and put Syracuse up by one. 27 seconds later, uh, a monster block. Block, uh, mm-hmm. Javon Blair's three-point attempt. Georgetown is who we thought they were. Uh, Govan and McClung kept them in this game. They combined for 40 points of the Hoyas' 71. And when you look back at it, overall, uh, we got out-rebounded uh, big time. Uh, whew, man. <laughs> 40 to 31, yep. but Georgetown pulled down 13 offensive rebounds. And Syracuse pulled down only six of their offensive rebounds. And the, the struggles continue at the line. And I remember that from last year, vaguely, the, the struggling at the line. So it's just that, that, mm, it's that, getting old. Yeah, that's, that's got to improve, man. Uh, from the line, let's see, what were they? Uh, 14, 14 to 22. 22. So, yeah, yeah not, not great, man. And they were good shooters. I mean, if it's the guys like the Sidibis or the Chukwas where you're of the world, like, you know, where you're only expecting one of two, 
then that's one thing. But those were misses from Brissette, misses from Battle. So, um, yeah, we just we got to close that gap instead of leaving eight points out there, maybe four or five. You know what I mean? Just got to be over 75% in my opinion. And obviously the rebounds, we got to be there too. So um, we just – we what Ty's Battle said, we came out and we just – Second half, we put it on him on defense, and we talked about this multiple podcasts that, that the defense is is what makes us go around. You know, we did get some good looks in the first half. I don't think Elijah Hughes are gonna miss, is gonna miss that many open threes in a row um, in a half again. But uh, Frank Howard's still working back, um, and again, like just the defense gave us a spark. They stepped up. They they didn't allow them to do too much. Um, I don't know what happened to Matt McClung because he was playing pretty well, and then he didn't really—he was not even in in the second half. So I don't know if it was that fall where, you know, he landed on his back and it, and it tightened up during halftime or something. But um, second half, you could tell that uh, they were struggling to score, and we weren't. Obviously, the only thing that kept them in the game were those that Malinsky that went three for three from the three-point line, and then uh, that Blair, that lefty there, that that um, that hit a timely three. Um, to, I think to put them back up. Yeah, and how about that last shot? <laughs> I mean, the the last shot when it, when it goes up, you know, you got you double what, pump. Yeah, it was a little. Well, see, so let's start back at the other end though. When Mosley drove, he drove probably too early. And oh yeah, being, being up by oh, one, yeah, it was, was a big mistake. Yeah, because I was that expecting, was I was expecting probably. I think the difference was four or five seconds. Shot clock. To yeah, game I think clock. it was like five seconds. Shot clock. Yeah. So I was looking at about four seconds or so, um, with them possibly being up by three, hoping with no foul. That's what my worry was. And my worry was them sinking something, driving the lane with a foul because that's just that's that's. Just well, my worry was make or miss if they would have played it out to the end of the shot clock. I mean. Right, because then, if you get I mean, the rebound, you're not even going to have a chance. Right, if he, if, if he hits the rim, goes up. I mean, he shoots it at one, and then it takes the balls up in the air a couple seconds, then knock comes off the rim. I mean, you're talking about getting a rebound and having to call yeah. a timeout, and maybe yeah. having two seconds. Uh-huh. So, I mean, when that happened, I mean, I was questioning the call the whole time. I didn't know. I thought we were going to try to double team and press them and try to make yeah. something happen real quick, and then leave a little bit of time to be able to still get the ball back. But, um, I mean, t- I'm not. Uh, I'm not a college coach with over a thousand wins, so I'm not, you know, in my head I was second guessing it, but I'm not going to second guess it out loud. Uh, it obviously worked out, and um, well, they they planned for them to to try to drive the lane. I believe is what coach said. In the I press think conference. they forced him. Yeah. 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 Basically. So I mean, <laughs> so halftime. This is what kills me with these fools on Facebook, and I'm sorry if you're one of them, but this is really dumb of you to get on uh, Facebook or Twitter at halftime and call for Jim Beheim to be fired saying F you to the players and F you to people like us and um, a couple other outlets that, that uh, cover the orange and I still they, think it was a troll, but yeah, well, he's an SU fan. He's an SU fan. Allegedly. Right. Well, true. Didn't sound but, like it, but no, but um, you're calling for this guy's firing, and then he just puts on. He 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 orchestrates a brilliant second half. He he motivates Tyus. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, whatever coach told him was was. I mean, he came out and what he scored like ten points in like five minutes or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I and Brissett hit the boards hard, and Elijah Hughes came out shooting. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't just battle. So no, um, no. I mean, Chuk Wu played again. I mean, he and Beheim mentioned it in the press conference. Chuk Wu played 
you know, an integral part of that defense and, and, um, stopping the ball down. Jalen Carey was awesome in the second yeah, half. Yeah, Jalen Carey I thought coming, played great. Coming in for Howard. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think Howard got had maybe one or two bad calls on him, but, um, you know, Jalen Carey did a good job. I, no. I, I, was, I was nervous about it, but uh, back to the shot, though. When you got 10.6 seconds left, and I'm watching that go up, and it yeah. was an awkward-looking shot, but, I mean, I was, I was not expecting it to go in. I got to be honest. I got. Uh, I don't. I can't say one way or another. I, th- I think in my in my the way I looked at it, obviously you hope, but I mean battles made those shots. I know he He's made the three to put it in. He made he made a three to put it in uh, overtime last year against Georgetown. Yep. So yeah, game the, game the, winner. I believe his freshman year at Clemson to win. Yeah. Yep. He I did mean, it probably always, probably a handful of times last year, hitting the last shot to go up. Right. Or so, to just kind of seal the deal, hit a big right, shot, to yeah. put it up two right. possessions well, he's done or that something. Today, or today, he's done that this year. Right, that's what I'm saying. So, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, he's the closer. He's the guy that needs to have the ball in his hands. And, um, you know, even if he doesn't make that shot, I'm going to leave, you know, that game in my head thinking, well, at least the right person still took the shot, you know. Did, did that play was originally designed for Hughes for, to have the last shot. Really? Yeah, that's what Coach was saying. So, well, um, if battle, well, and that's, that's, I mean, by listening to that, that's even more kind of letting you know that battle wanted to take that shot. You know, I mean, they probably played Elijah Hughes a little bit better, but battle kind of took matters into his own hands. Like he had the whole second half. So, I mean, he was just a man amongst boys that second half, the way that he was driving and finishing. And I know. And it's it like, awesome. well, why, well, where was this in the first half? And well, it comes with- off of, it comes off of defense though. You know what I mean? Yeah, it it comes off of some of it, you know, I mean, what's you, that? Some of it was desperation. It was hard basketball. But if you just play that way, right? Uh, if you just play that way from the start, instead of every single game having a slow start, except for what was it? Northeastern. I mean, every other game is like we're playing catch up to begin with. And before you know it, you know, three quarters of the first half is over and we're just starting to get our legs under us. You know what I mean? So it's like, right. Yeah, I mean, I think they they should be starting off with that kind of stuff, you know. And uh, again, I don't think there was, I don't know, something about this team. It just when there's a sense of urgency, it's just like a completely different team. But they don't start the game with a sense of urgency, you know. They have confidence in them, and they think that, you know, they, you know, they can just naturally kind of play and and win. You know what I mean? Like not have to play like with the sense of urgency, but realistically, that's kind of what you need to play with all the time. I mean, that's how you get up on teams early. That's how you wear teams down. That's why, that's how you just, you know, you end the games, you beat them 30, 40 points. We don't do that. You see a lot of these top 10 schools, you know, and perennial schools where they got teams like Northeastern and some of these other smaller schools that come in. I mean, they put their foot on their throat and us, we just seem to kind of play down to the whole, you know, competition. So they just let them hang around all the time, you know? Yeah. You know, but I mean, the, the defensive intensity picked up in the second half and Uh, that, you know, created turnovers, which creates fast breaks, you know, quick uh, rebounds and kickouts, you know, to pass up and you get fast breaks. So, um, they were just created off of their defense. It was creating fast, more fast paced, you know, offense, and it even got to the point where nobody could even guard Ty's battle, and they ended up moving into a two-three zone, and that's really kind of what yeah. slowed us down a little bit and gave them a little bit of the time to try to catch up uh, and um, 
get the lead back. And because uh, we were, we, I mean, we not only did we take the lead, being down 15, but we were starting to, we got, you we know, got we got a four seven. or five point. Yeah, almost, seven. yeah, seven. Yeah. So they moved to two, three, slows down a little bit. Malinsky hits a couple threes right back into it. So, I mean, they're a good team. They played tough. Um, they're, they're better than he, I thought they were. Well, yeah, and you saw they were athletic. They rolled through. They subbed a lot of people, and they were up. And pe- I mean, they played tough defense, and, and they tried to play fast. Um, yeah, the defense was better than I thought it was too. I, yeah. I, I, I knew they had offense. I mean, you could t- you could just look at their you could look at their schedule and the wins and the the amount of points they were putting up. the The problem was is they were getting a lot of points scored on them. So right. Well, the uh, thing with basketball, like I said, it's all about a sense of urgency thing. Right. And plus, There's just they, an always a were, thing where if you get up 10, 11 points, you're at home, you're playing against a team that you know is not as good as you. You feel like you have right. the, you know, you feel like you have the game in hand. And you can kind of coast. They're 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 not a team that's um, that usually is playing a slower pace either. So you know, right. Jordan, you could tell so they were trying to speed it up. They did their best. In, mm-hmm. the, in the first half to speed it up, and and it you know you could tell it was making a difference, um, so yeah, and that and that McClung, I mean he's gonna be he's gonna be a force that kid because he can <laughs> shoot the damn ball. Yeah, <laughs> you know well, and that's saying? not even his specialty. I mean, I his um, <clears throat> I mean he's Those obviously athletic he can shots. Sh- he, well, obviously he can shoot, but I mean it's the driving to the rim and finishing which we saw a little bit of and. Um, you know, obviously he's known on the internet, he's an internet, you know, sensation for dunking and the, all the dunks and stuff that he's pulled off. I mean, he's only six, two, but, uh, I mean, a two, three zone isn't really the best defense to kind of show off his skills, but, uh, right. that was just one of his better games all season. And you don't know what kind of confidence is going to launch into that kid. Cause I'll tell you what, if you were playing man to man, that guy would be tough. What, uh, what should we expect here? You know, with the week off. And you've got you got finals, and you heard coach talking about Howard getting back to, you know, his normal self and kind of doing some running and and, and getting himself ready. I mean, what can right. we expect coming back after a week off? You got ODU coming in, um, which we'll go over in a few days. But you know, they're they're not a slouch uh, no. team, ODU. So, no. um, I mean, the week off is going to help. But you know, with the with my two concerns, okay. And then you can take it from here. Howard getting back because obviously mm-hmm. he's not a hundred percent, and um, the center position. Now, they've been. I think coach has done a real good job, kind of moving parts and pieces around at center. Right. But um, you know, going forward, it, it's kind of I. You know, it is what it is. It's gonna get. It can get. It can get bad down there. Yeah, definitely can. <laughs> I know. I know you have zero confidence in those guys down there. No, but. I don't have zero confidence. I think Chuku's done decent, but like I said in the last show, that's I. That's the least I expect him to do is eight points. What do you have? Like three rebounds? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't great. So. Well, that's the thing with Chuku is that we. That's not even really what we need. From, I mean. Eight points is great. Obviously, you'd like to see more than three rebounds, but one block. You know, his his job is to keep the big man away and to make shots that you know people that come into the lane and get close to the basket make shots more difficult for people. So, I mean, my um, I would grade him by you know who makes shots around him or you know the field goal percentage in the lane when he's in the game. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, that's because that's really all I really expect from him. You know, a dunk or a layup here and a rebound there or whatever. 
but he just needs to make stuff difficult so people can't just get in the lane. Um, right. But, I mean, he's going to follow that a lot, obviously. Sadibi, I mean, he's a liability. Yeah, They're I mean, still still trying to figure stuff out. But, um, you know, he's a body that can go in there and follows. And, I mean, obviously Dolce in there. You know, and Coach talked about that, too. It might be our best lineup, especially offensively, when Dolce's in there um, at center. But when you play against a Jesse Govan or a big center – it's probably not going to work too well <laughs> no, for didn't. too long. So, right. yeah, um, no, he, he's yeah, a big dude. It is it, as far as the center position goes. It is what it is. And uh, right for anybody, and I think for anybody that's had any type of kind of idea of like, oh, hey, what about moving O'Shea Brissett to like center? Um, yeah, there's been there's been talks about it. There's been people talking about it because of the people on our team. So, okay, let's move Brissett to center and put Battle and Hughes on the wings. With Carey and uh, Howard. and Howard, now obviously that would be our best, uh, most athletic offensive you know team. But we're gonna get killed on the boards, and we would get killed down low. And Beheim in his press conference, he he made sure to, because I'm pretty sure that somebody wrote about it, or there was some type of something, because he was talking like somebody in the room had maybe kind of thrown their opinion out there you know yeah, i don't which, know if you listen to that which part. he admonished as you know i like you know everybody's fine to throw their opinions out there but that would be the worst decision he ever made as a coach <laughs> and, yeah and that, he, and that it would be a better decision to put pascal at the one spot so. <laughs> yeah i mean i don't know if i agree with that you know i think that's a little bit too far obviously right. he, pascal, he was snuffing it out is what he was doing yeah yeah he was pretty much just putting out the last cold of that little idea, you yeah, know? Yeah. It sounds good though. In theory, right. but nobody's ever, I mean, think about last year. If Brissett was a good center, he's better than Dolge. Then how come they wouldn't have ever put him in there in the middle instead of Dolge? Because, well, there's no way because he, Brissett is the best when he's did what he did in the second half of the, uh, Georgetown game when he's, when he's running, driving and he's, he's, you know, Doing his thing, I, drawing fouls, or get- yeah, his his best role is just to come off the bench and be as confident as possible and be that spark. Who? I, I mean, that's really Merrick. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's got to be him. Whether he's coming in at center or he's coming in for Hughes and Brissett to give them a a little breather, um, he's just got to get over the fact that he's not a starter this year. He's not going to be playing as many minutes. We have a little bit more talent um, right now and you know he's just got to come in and do do what he's got to do and i think he's going to be fine with it uh i think he's going to be fine with it and i think that a lot of a lot of games he'll end up finding his way down in the center position one way or another in the second half when push comes to shove or it's the end of the game like it was this past time but uh well there's really no there's really no no choice sometimes than to put mark down well we don't have a choice you know what i mean we can't magically you know we're not, we're not, Santa ain't going to drop us off a center for Christmas. No, unfortunately. You know what I mean? We have, we have, we have what we have and we just got to figure it out, you know, and so whatever he's doing to keep Chukwu motivated for the past, I don't know, last games, you know, two halves, one and a half games that he's actually played a little better and just, he's got to keep him there. And as far as the Frank Howard thing goes, I mean, I think that's more or less just him calling him out like he did battle. He knows that, okay, we have Old Dominion coming in, and we have Buffalo coming in. Buffalo is a highly ranked team. So if we have two teams coming in to the Dome the next two games that could beat us, 
And uh, I think he's just a little worried about it. And I don't really think he's seeing that much of a difference between Jalen Carey and Frank Howard. So I think this is kind of his message of like, hey, you know, you got a week to kind of get ready. And, you know, we're getting into a couple tough parts and tough, tough games of our non-conference schedule. And then we're going to be getting into the conference here soon. So, I mean, he's got to get his legs under. He's got to knock the rust off. I mean, that's just really when you have a leg injury or he had what ankle surgery. Mm -hmm. um, When you have a surgery, you always have that, you know, that doubt in your in your mind when you're coming back, you know, you're you're a little bit of a nervous about maybe doing the same thing to hurt it again, you know, it's still in the forefront of your head, um, and so it takes a little while to get that confidence back in that body part that has been injured or you you know you need surgery or anything like that. Um, and as far as just, I mean, you can't run obviously when you're doing that, so he obviously doesn't have the stamina, he doesn't have the legs that he um, that he needs to kind of run the team the way that he needs to and still play high minutes because Bayheim knows that we have depth and he wants to run. He doesn't want to have to slow it down to a grind. I mean, obviously our defense is our defense. We want to keep that the same, but as far as offense, he wants to go a lot faster. Last year we had to play slow. We could only press in certain times. And now he's still kind of nervous about, you know, whether or not Frank Howard is, is going to have the stamina to, to, play those minutes at that pace yeah he so only, he only played 17 minutes so i know well, he, he was in he was in foul trouble I, but, I know, but, but still but still he says he's playing too slow and and when you have someone like jalen carey which we talked about i mean he's hungry and he's he's athletic he's long he's uh, <laughs> he's a great player i honestly I'm, i mean i love the fact that he's only a freshman and he's only going to get better i mean he's gotten better from the beginning of the year so yeah. Um, I think this is just his message to Frank that, hey, you know, you got to get it together or else, you know, it's going to be back to, you know, your junior, sophomore year where you are on a leash. And if you want to make mistakes or, you know, not play like, you know, you can play, then you make a bad play. He's going to pull you out real quick, put Jalen Carey out there. And I think that he's he's fine doing that. So, I mean, I think he's leaving it up to Frank. Yeah. And, and he should. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean that's that's the motivating thing, right? Yeah, exactly. So he's he's given him he's given him the time, he's given him the warning, he's told him what he needs to do, and you know it's I mean he either shits or gets off the pot at this point. Like that's just what it comes down to, um, and it's it's going to be on him if carry if they split minutes and and power doesn't get maybe the minutes that he wants. And and that's but, what coach did to. Battle. I mean, that's how coaches motivate anyway. I mean, you saw it with William Babers and uh, Dungey. So. No, Beheim's always always coached like that. Yeah. Because you can just tell there's certain things he tells players, you just can't, you can't do this. You just can't make this play. And then they do it, you know? Some yeah. people have bigger leashes. When you're a junior, a senior, a sophomore, you know, you're an upperclassman that's in there. Um, he expects certain plays not even to be, you know, chanced. And um, I have a feeling that this year Frank Howard's going to be getting pulled out just like a sophomore year if he keeps that up because we have someone like Carey behind him. Yeah, Carey's just, um, you know, he's just coming into his own. He struggled the first four games, but he didn't have any, you know, he, he had Tyus at the guard spot, so a lot of that. So, yeah, it was just that was just an awkward that was, well, they're that gonna yeah, they're gonna well, they're gonna split it, right? right. I mean, Jalen Carey yeah. had 23 minutes, Frank yeah. Howard had 17. Right. So realistically, they're coming in for each other, right? So right. he's basically telling Frank Howard, "Hey, this is the week where you're gonna make the difference of is it gonna be Jalen Carey with 10 minutes and you with 30, or is it gonna be more of a 50-50 split?" Exactly. Yeah. So, all right. Well, there we go. Georgetown in the books. Great win. Yes, awesome win. 
It's time to hear from you. The loud mouths from the Loud House. The best damn college sports fans in the nation. All right, go to uh, at Cuse Militia on Facebook and Twitter. I always put the question out there at the end of the game, um, you know, asking for your thoughts. And it was lit, as the kids say these days. Uh, <laughs> it was really hard to choose for um, to, to choose the fan feedback top ten, but uh, I've got him here. And so uh, here we go. Uh, at PB44, Chuku takes a lot of heat and rightfully slow but he had a lot of unhung, unsung hero moments in the second half. Um, Joe, yeah, we mentioned, we mentioned that. Coach mentioned that. That's a comment straight to you, bro. You think so? Yeah, dude, you're the Chuku hater. Oh, come on. I have never, ever, oh, ever once said yeah, I hate Chuku. right. No, but you know what? You know what's funny, hey, though? There's over a hundred episodes. If you can go back, yeah, you got go, ar- go ahead. You got Fight, yeah, go, yeah. Every single mm-hmm. episode of this show is available somewhere. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> okay. So if you could right. go back and you could and you could cut out the clip of me hating Chukwu, call him trash. Send it to me and I'll play it. Oh, hey, yep. Hey, that's anybody out there listening. But I'm gonna do the work too. So. <laughs> Hashtag you will eat crow, bro. Oh, whatever. Hey, I hope uh, I do eat crow on, on Chukwu. You know, I was hard on I was hard on Chukwu, and you just said you weren't. I, now, hey, look, I don't hate the guy. I love Chukwu. I want to see Chukwu succeed. I'm not talking which about is, your personal which, relationship. Which is, which is why, which is why I am hard on Chukwu. I mean, we've we've done it. You know. You, you sit back and you let me do it because I say all the I say all the unpopular things and you sit there oh. you you sit there like you know shake your head no one could see Joe shaking his head when I'm ripping Chuku but he does oh that's baloney <laughs> oh Pascal don't listen to him you're my boy Blue uh, at uh, Wood of Green supposed to win by eleven barely won hope offense gets more consistent are going to be a long season so yeah but. I didn't know we were supposed to win by anything. Well, yeah. Well, the spread was what ten and a half or something like that. Oh, so come on, it's so, like going by with by projections for fantasy football. Yeah, I know. I don't. I don't do that when we win. I don't do that. Oh, we should have won by twenty. And we only won by four. I, who, who cares? To me, I, I don't. I don't really care. That game to me was the. I don't think it was the best win as far as the best team we've beat. I think that would be Ohio State still. But that yeah. was the best feeling win of the season, was it not? Coming, oh, yeah. coming back again like that against Georgetown. You got Lewis Orr and Patrick Ewing, and on on one side of the court, and they were up by fifteen, and it seemed like it was going to be a really long afternoon for Syracuse fans. And then just you know, we know the rest is history. Scoring fifty points in the first—that was the worst first half of basketball. Oh, it was so bad. I think, and I watched- we missed. I mean, we had open shots, and they were there. Them. Yeah, we were there. Hughes had a bunch. Hughes missed a bunch in the in the first half. He was four but they were 10. open shots that just front rimmed or back rimmed, or you know, yeah. it wasn't like we were just. It, it was just very frustrating because you were just waiting for one to hit, and it's like at some point it was just like, well, but Buddy Bay, I guess it's just not our. One. Right in you front know? of the Georgetown bench, Buddy Bayham airballed one, and coach was like, "Yeah, sit down, yeah, son. that's sit tough." Down, I mean, dude, that game, that game. I mean, it's a rivalry that epitomized the rivalry game. I yeah, mean, how absolutely. can you? So did last year's. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's awesome. The year before that, they crushed us. You remember that? I remember that. 
Yeah, um, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> at if not now, when eighty four f Georgetown. Thank you, Mike. I mean, what what there? I need not piggyback on that comment. I mean, that could be one through ten in this segment, but we can't. <laughs> at Paul Kamala, Kamala, um, if we play the way we did in the first half, we won't win an ACC game this year. Second half, Tyus was exceptional. Jalen brought some tremendous athleticism and speed as Frank still doesn't seem healthy and looked like he was playing in slow motion. Big time long threes from Hughes. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, dudes, I mean, obviously, I mean, there's a good thing. There's good, good thing. There's two halves in a game, huh? <laughs> yeah. And it's always like, you know, when has Syracuse played a really good first half and then come and laid an egg in the second half. That's not really a thing. It's usually yeah, yeah. their first half sucks, and then they play better in the second half. And so this is why I don't really. I was nervous, but I didn't. I didn't. Oh, yeah. I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was going to end that way by any means. Um, no, so. I mean I think the and especially the past four years. I mean the past four or five years, it's just been one of those things. I mean you go back to. You know, remember their um, Virginia comeback in uh, what was it, the Elite Eight, Elite a couple eight years game, back yeah. when we went to the Final Four or something yep. like that. Yep. Like, or the Sweet Sixteen or whatever it was. I mean, great. I mean, I've just been used to. I kind of take the first half with a grain of salt, to be perfectly honest with you. I kind of look at what we're doing wrong, and then that comes second half. Um, I look to kind of just see that that turnaround. Our defense, once we get in the locker room. I don't know. Jim Beheim just has a way of motivating and a way of kind of changing their defense to what the other team's doing. And and those past four or five years, I mean, I have not counted this team out in any second half for the amount of comebacks and everything. I mean, I was at the NC State game when they came back and then they went into overtime. That was a ridiculous comeback. I mean, we've seen it over and over again. That I mean, it really doesn't matter what happens in the first half. This team comes out in the second half and plays with just a sense of urgency that it just can't be matched by these other teams. And it's just so frustrating because you're like, where was this? But isn't it you know? an advantage though, in a sense, if you really, <clears throat> I mean, if you want to take a good out of having a crappy first half and having a team kind of own you to be able to be the one that goes into the locker room and is like, you know, well, this is what they're doing good. And this is what we're not doing good. And be able to make those adjustments more specific than it would be when the shoes on the other foot. Well, yeah, because when you're up 13 or 15, what are you going to adjust? Exactly. What you're, what you're right. doing is working, right? <laughs> right exactly. And then on top of that, you get the little false sense of security. And that, exactly. like, again, we talk about that. That happens with sports. Um, it happens with every sport. But you get up a little bit and you have that safety blanket, you know? Oh, well, we're up 15. You know, let's – we can play like this and then, you know, we'll be able to turn it on if they – if, you know, cut that deficit in half or something. And it's easier said than done. Yeah. Uncle Mo is a – whoo, momentum, baby. Yeah, absolutely. Um, at Brandon Buskey, played an awful first half. This kind of goes to what you were saying. Played an awful first half. Great adjustments by a Hall of Fame coach. And even though the score won't show it, it was fantastic offensive second half with 50 points. I mean, that's huge. And I hope that's a sign they kicked into gear moving forward. Uh, Brandon, I hate to disappoint you, dude, but that's n- <laughs> that's probably not going to be the Kickstarter moment for coming out of the gate like wild banshees. It's just yeah. not what they do. Um, well, that's that's what you hope for. You yeah, see, absolutely. that's that's just the thing. I mean, you look, you see what they can do. You see the potential there, and you're like, why can't you do that? You know, but every game goes through its ebbs and its flows. This game of runs and 
I don't know. Like I said, with with these recent teams, it's just I'm not. I mean, unless we're playing a Duke or I mean a real high caliber team, I'm not batting an eye at a 12, 13, 15 point. I mean, because we've seen them just erase those type of leads, you know, a lot the last couple of years. So. Yeah, a lot the last couple of years. First time. Really, this year they've been able to overcome a, a deficit that large. Um, right. So. Uh, Matthew on Facebook says that was some of the worst basketball I ever seen Cuse play, followed by some of the best in the second half. Bayheim's half halftime speech must have been expletive laden and aimed at driving to the hoop. Uh, right. It sure seemed that way, right? I mean, that's what they did. <laughs> like, like I, Whoa. like I said in the recap, they they weren't going to win the game by making threes. They won the game by by taking it to the to to the hole. So yeah, and that's you know, Brissett's got to keep doing that. Um, and I've been impressed with him because he's actually taking taking um taking down some shots and not taking them um even even open sometimes. You know, there's a couple times I I caught myself on Saturday like you know shoot it. You know he's open, but you know he turned it down. Um, and obviously that has something to do with Bayheim and earlier in the season, but right. Yeah. That was, I don't know. He, he put it, he tried to put a stop to that. So, We've always been like this. I don't know why people act like it's any different. It doesn't matter what kind of players we have or this is or that. I, I mean, we are always, I just, weird. this is all I can remember Syracuse I, I teams. I mean, we should like expect this. this at this point. I know. I mean, even but, if you go back and look back in uh, the year that we won with Carmelo Anthony, do you know how many times we were down seven, eight, yeah, nine, 11 absolutely. points going into the second half and they grinded it out for wins? You know how many close like, games there were? Two, oh, yeah. Two-point uh, two win over Notre Dame. I mean, you know, coming down the stretch, there was a one-point win against Auburn towards the end of the season yeah. uh, or, or in the uh, tournament. Tournament, yeah. yeah. And um, the, the Oklahoma State game, we were losing double double digits yeah, going into the second half. Yeah, ended up winning 63-47. to 47. <laughs> Right. So, so I mean, the, you get, and then they got into the Final Four, the Elite Eight and stuff, and they started rolling. Um, when they beat Texas, when they beat Oklahoma, they got to a point where they knew who they were, and that's really the special teams is, is with that. When you have the 2-3 zone and the way that we play, uh, I mean, minus like back in the late 80s when we really had some good teams like and a filled with NBA players, like point to a, to a season where, you know, a majority of our wins we won – you know, handily throughout the whole game, you know, by 20, 25, you know, we never did. Right. So Do you remember this is, it is what it is. I mean, this is the way that Bayheim, the way that we run our two, three zone and, and the way that everything goes, the way we play our offense, everything, it all kind of just, these are the way that these games are. It's very hard for Syracuse to run away with the game with this pace. And, you know, if certain teams can move the ball around and hit threes, um, it's I don't know. It just seemed to have always been like that. So it's just so hard for me to believe that it's like another year and people just expect fifty point halves. <laughs> yeah, fifty point halves. That would be nice though. Uh, Scott says nice for the resume. Georgetown will be a good win as the year goes on. That big man they have is a pro someday. Yeah, uh, talking about Govan. So yeah, he's pretty good. But we thought yeah. that last year too when sure. they were undefeated. Yeah. Uh, right. Well, we'll see. We'll see because they. They had it. They had. They're seven and two. We're seven and two. They had kind of a cake schedule. We've definitely played harder teams than them this year, and you know they had they they struggled to pull out some of their some of their wins. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, regardless, it's a home game, so it only means so much. But um, I hope I hope they 
I hope they are successful at least. Oh, yeah. We beat them. The it's East. over. And now go out and yeah. make yourself look as good as possible to help our win. Yeah, so. exactly. Uh, Steven says, one of the best kinds of wins against Georgetown, tear into the heart, uh, tear their heart out with 2.77 se- seconds left in the game. And if we can put uh, rovers on Mars and see billions of years into the past with a Hubble telescope, they can find a way to keep the series going. Yeah, so um, Steven's talking about there was news that since the ACC is expanding to the 20-game uh, uh, conference play, right. that there's, you know, we play Cornell every year and um, I guess Colgate. Colgate every year. And, and there's that, preseason tournaments. Right, and that's two games usually, uh, right. two or three. So, um <laughs> What he's saying is that it's going to be really hard to squeeze Georgetown in. I think both schools want to still do it. It would be the first time in like 88 years that we didn't play them once a year, right? So uh, I, Has it been that long? Have we played them every year since we left the Big East? I, th- I thought we did. But I know, that this, I know that this last block of four games was a contractual thing. So right. w- wouldn't that put us right at the – wouldn't that put us really close to – just coming in the ACC, yeah. Well, again, so. I mean, Beheim he he hit up on this too in the in the press conference. You know, um, those those games are are awesome. You know, you'd love to be able to go back and play, you know, Villanova, UConn, Georgetown, St. John's. But and the reality of it is, is if you take the already non-conference games that we're not going to get rid of or take away, and then add two more conference games, you're talking about eight non-conference games that we need to fill. And with the league that we play, we already play in the toughest basketball league in the country, and now we're adding two more conference games to it. Sprinkled um, in, by, by the way, they'd be sprinkled in in November, is what I heard. It's the plan. Uh, so. Yeah, I mean, I think, I don't know if they've 100% came down with an official, this is exactly, but I know that's one of the ideas that they're throwing around. But um, either way, you know, those eight other non-conference games, you got to be pretty strategic about that because there's going to be, you don't need to load up your, I mean, we've had great numbers as far as strength of schedule and stuff like that. Um, the past couple of years, which has helped us get in the tournament when people thought we shouldn't because of our league. And now they're adding two more games and, uh, that's just going to make it more difficult to schedule on non-conference because we don't need to schedule. We schedule a bunch of powerhouses. I mean, I if we play in the preseason tournament like this this year, those are our two losses right. as a preseason tournament. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, if we take away the the Northeastern, Moorhead State, you know, all these other, you know, then and then just keep Georgetown, ODU, Buffalo, St. Bonaventure. This is, I mean, that's just going to make our non-conference, you know, more difficult than it has to be for us to still put out a good season and get into the tournament just in case we're not a top 25 team. So you want some scrimmage type games. Yeah. Like what Beheim said, you have to, you have to look out for the team. You know, he he said that the, that league is all gone. It's old news. And as much as the fans and it's, it's great to get the rivalry and the history and everything. um, You know, it's, he's, they got to look out for them and them playing some of those teams when they're adding two more games to the ACC conference. uh, I don't know if, if that's really the smartest thing for them to do. Yeah, well, you know? we'll, we'll see. Uh, Dan says it's a W. Got to win ugly games also showed heart. Yeah, I don't we, – we, Joe and I, we, it seems like we agree on things, but we don't, we don't really agree on a ton, do we? <laughs> the one thing what? we do – well, you and I, I think we agree on a lot, but there's some things that we, that we completely disagree on. But one of the things we do agree on is 
if you come out with a W, it's a W. Whether or not you want to criticize them after, um, you know, they did show heart. It's a W. I agree. Uh, you got to win the ugly games. Yeah, because if you don't, it's an ugly loss. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know, man. You were banging on me though the other day about that. I, I was banging on you. What game of was course, that? I can't Joe's remember. Was it Cornell? It, was it, it was Cornell? Cornell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah, I, I. Oh, that's right. Everyone's I called got you their out. expectations. Sure yeah. No. Well, I mean, look. Exactly. You just hit. We agree on a lot of things, but at different levels. Pretty much. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, and it's the ex- expectations, like you said. Right. I, I wasn't expecting that Cornell game to be, and neither were you, because you called them to be win by twenty. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, I didn't expect it, but <laughs> well, you called. You called. That was your call for the for the game. So, uh, yeah, you know, a, a ugly win is better than an ugly loss. Is I guess what I'm saying. I'm ra- I'm rambling. I'm sorry. An ugly win is better than any loss. Sure, absolutely. Ex- uh, yeah, yeah. That's what I meant to say. An ugly <laughs> oh, win is better than a pretty loss. Is what I meant to say. <laughs> Look uh, at you agreeing with me. <laughs> Dusty says the team showed us when others aren't playing their best, others can uh, can step up. And our defense was great. I I agree with the first part. I would disagree with the second part. I don't think the defense was great. It was decent. No, minus a, minus a couple three pointers. Our defense was pretty good in the second half. Yeah, in the second half, right? I mean, it was it was it was decent. But yeah, um, we talked about other players stepping up. Was that last game? Was that the Northeastern game? We always talk about that because when um, no, yeah, Ty's battle and Frank Howard had to combine four points in that game, and it was sure. Elijah Hughes and Brissett. Right, that's right. That's and then there right. was another yeah. game before that when um, Elijah Hughes didn't do anything. So, um, right, right yeah. before that, yeah, yeah, and um, and and battle had and battle and Brissett took took control of that game. So right. yeah, that's 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 the dynamic that we have with this team that we kind of missed last year. So um, well, that's that's. That's what Beheim was putting in Battle's mind, you know. I know that they they know that they have other options, bigger, you know, more depth and everything like that. But when you got Elijah Hughes missing those open threes, Frank Howard um, leaving his feet when he shouldn't and getting dumb offensive fouls and having to sit, um, you can't sit there and and just kind of keep passing the ball around and distributing. Like there's a time where as Tyus Battle needs to know, he needs to be able to realize it. You know, and I think that was just one of those things. Beheim, he had to wait till halftime to kind of get in his, you know, in his head and challenge him. Um, but I think that's one of those things that he wants Tyus Battle to understand um, during the game. You know what I mean? Like, look, <laughs> these guys aren't doing it. You got to you got to go. Yeah, basically. Right. Yeah. And he stepped up. He answered the call. So, yeah. Um, but that's it. That's your fan feedback. Top 10. Um, we're, we're running over a little bit and. It's, I think it's justified. Great game. Yeah. Could be Dude, Georgetown. Could, yeah. Could be the last time we see Georgetown for a while. So wanted to give it everything that we could and yeah. and expand on some of that feedback. The feedback was great. Keep that up, man. Um, that, yeah. Well, you got to hope that we keep it. I mean, even if it's not every year, maybe hopefully at least, you know, every like two yeah, to like three a years. Rotation, some kind of some kind of rotation or something. Right. Just so that you can get a majority of like the classes, you know, usually guys come in and play three or four years. So hopefully within, right. you know, everybody's time playing at either Syracuse, Georgetown, they can get at least one taste of that of that um, yeah. rivalry. Yeah, because um, I mean, Tyus has joined the books, the likes of. Pearl Washington, Jerry McNamara. I mean, some of those freaking buzzer beaters 
and these like these 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 clips like I had so much fun on social media this week right. because I I just was going and, and pulling all those great clips a couple from Pearl back in the day Jerry Mac yeah. just in like oh one or oh two I think it was and um. Oh, Jerry McNamara, I think that was 04. Was it 04? Okay. 04. Well, I mean, I think it was his senior year when he um, – When we went and won 10 effing games without Jerry? Yeah, yeah, and he went and won the tournament. Yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah. And I almost got to watch the game with Joe P. He was driving in from Charlotte and missed him, but I got to – Got to hang out with him. Yeah, well, you, you, y'all plastered you your 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 ugly mugs on Twitter. So, hey, man, that was all him, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I figured. Um, so, yeah, though Tyus is in that group now. I mean, Tyus, Tyus is like solidifying his his orangeness, if you will. Um, it, as I mean, he's solidifying his clutch. <laughs> yes, definitely, and um, you know. So we'll just see what happens, but th- but it was awesome. Um, yep. Any final thoughts, real quick, Joe, before I do my thanks and all that fun stuff? Uh, the only thoughts I have, well, not even thoughts. It's more or less news. You saw today. Um, it was weird, but uh, Syracuse made it back in the top twenty-five, although they are tied with three other people in the top twenty-five. And I think they did like the um, what they updated the power rankings for the ACC, and I think they have us in. Um, sixth right now, so that's kind of the the movement in the rankings for yeah. Syracuse basketball after this past weekend. A week off and just a few more, I think four more non-conference games, folks, and then uh, it begins. So yes, sir. The, the the battle is almost over. It's almost time for the war. So uh, I want to thank Shamitown Mar- Barbershop, open Tuesday to Friday, eight a.m. to five forty-five on Saturday, seven a.m. to two. Fifteen dollar cuts with six full-time barbers, uh, family-friendly atmosphere, and TVs for your view- viewing pleasure while you get tightened up there. And uh, it's the only real game in town. Go there, see Joey, see Dino, and um, tell them that Joe and Sean from the Q's Militia sent you, and they have a little bit of swag there. So don't forget to grab some of that. J.P. Mulligans, thank you. Uh, my bookie, yes, thank sir. you. Armchair All-Americans, James on guitar. All of you for listening. All of you for um, for participating in the fan feedback. And 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 I enjoyed all of the the tweeting and things, all the shenanigans for the uh, Georgetown <laughs> game this weekend. Yeah, it was great. It was a lot of fun. Uh, shout out to uh, at Real Tim Primo. Um, He's a good follow on Twitter, folks. Uh, did you see that that retweet I tweeted of his? This 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 guy is everywhere. I don't know how he got a picture of himself looking like he's pissing on the Georgetown bus, but he did it. And kudos <laughs> to him. So uh, it was just off the chain, uh, uh, as the kids say, on on Twitter <laughs> this weekend. And uh, thanks everybody for that. So that's it. That is it. Yes. Uh, another episode of the Cuse Militia podcast is inevitable as ODU comes into the Dome. I guess it's this Saturday at noon, so the 15th of December, and we'll get that episode done later this week. For Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. Cue the bells. Cue the bells. Thanks for listening to the Cuse Militia podcast, the fan's voice with Sean and Joe. Stupid bells. Shut the hell up, freaking Grinch. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. (sighs) The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So... What makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more.